0: Hello and welcome to the IBC Podcast. This is a time where Senior Pastor Todd Fisher and Student Pastor Aaron Fulbright come together and have a conversation over Todd's message the previous Sunday. Todd and Aaron will ask questions and dig deeper into the message and explain how to apply the Word of God to our lives, as well as having other conversations about what's going on in the life of our
1: church. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of the IBC Podcast, the number one podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Or wherever you might get your podcasts, according to rumors. Now, I had someone this week ask me, um, Aaron, what are the rumors? Um, They're just, they're out there, I'm sure. Rumors somewhere that says this is the number one podcast. So that's what we're going to bank on. Um, Todd, you're back. I'm back. How are you, man?
0: Man, uh, I'm tired. I have devoted every moment of my life for like the last five days to our state convention. Yeah. It's been fun and, and interesting. The but the president's uh, a lot of work. Yeah, especially when the executive director resigns to yeah. go to Guidestone.
1: How nice of him to, to yeah. do that on your Th- re- Thanks, Dr.
0: Dilbeck. <laughs> thank thank you so
1: much. And I'm sure Dr. Dilbeck's listening right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure afraid.
0: he is listening. He doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> no. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, but it's all good, and God has been good to us in our state convention. Yep. And uh, so I'm kind of like back now, yep. so that's good. Good. He- heard you preach the sermon.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You want to hear a dad joke before we get into that? I do,
1: I do. As far as you I had a dad. joke you know last No, week. no. This,
0: this good. is not a dad joke. It's a dad statement. Okay, that's
1: how mine was last week. Okay, okay. Stuck.
0: this, this. Okay, I have a dad statement. Kay. Okay, hey, I just want you to know that six thirty is my favorite time, hands down. <laughs>
1: Hands down, six thirty like is my favorite time. Dom's over shaking his
0: head. Well, Dom's shaking his head because Dom can't read an analog clock. He's so young. Yeah, he didn't. He can't even <laughs> read the hands on a clock. He's so young. Yeah. It's got to be digital. Yeah. What does the little hand and the big hand mean? It takes you like ten minutes to. to realize yeah. That I don't. I don't know if y'all can hear Dom, but that's what he said. It takes him ten minutes to read an analog clock.
1: Yeah. That's funny. That's what I That's use. That's My watch is set on an analog clock.
0: All right, so I said you preached the sermon.
1: I did. So we looked at Hebrews chapter 7, verses 26 through 28. It's kind of like a, a door hinge in between talking about the high priest and then talking about the sacrifices of the high priest. So yeah. we kind of did like Christology 101. Yes, um, especially
0: at, in that 26th verse.
1: Yep, looking at the essence, the existence, and then um, how that affects our salvation
0: so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, uh, you can just go with us wherever you want to, but this this is obviously a a passage about the nature of Jesus. One of the things that the writer of Hebrews has been doing up to this point, he's been kind of going he's he's been and he, and he does it at the end of this passage right before he gets to chapter eight. He's really been banking on this idea of of the genealogical issue that Jesus is greater than these Old Testament priests. Uh, because they all have, you know, a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. Jesus is greater because he has no beginning and no end, and so he's in the line of Melchizedek. This is a verse, though, when you get to twenty-six, where he really talks about the nature of Jesus as setting him apart from the other priests. I I have thrown that out in sermons before yours, although I have been doing that as a supplement mm-hmm. leading up to here, because really up to this point he hasn't really talked so much about. The nature I had been I've said in a couple of my sermons, you know, hey, have you read the Old Testament? Some of these guys that were priests are scoundrels. Yeah. I mean, they're bad dudes. But Jesus, by by nature, is you know perfect. He's an infinite. All of those things. But here's where he really zeroes in, and 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 you look in seven twenty six, and he talks about how you know he's separated from sinners. He's innocent. He's unstained. Mm-hmm. So, question for you is. In 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 this in biblical theology and even in Christology, why is it important? Thinking theologically, why is it important that Jesus is sinless?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, we talked a little bit about that in in the sermon, um, and I made the comment that there's a reason that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, and then a few days, few months later died and rose again um and it comes to the doctrine of representation and the doctrine of imputation Mm -hmm. so i use that illustration about the whiteboard that i think often for us we think that um, god gives us just this clean slate so nt wright will talk about this in his exegesis of romans chapter four where uh god is this judge and if you are in court and the judge pronounces you guilty Uh, The judge can say, hey, you're innocent from your crimes, but we don't receive the righteousness of the judge. Um, That's not exactly what happens with Jesus, that whenever we put our faith in Jesus, we also receive his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Mm -hmm. talks about that. So what happens is whenever whenever we receive that righteousness from Jesus, the way God looks at us is not as those who have simply never sinned. He looks at us as people who have always obeyed. So we've still faced the same situations, but because God is looking at his son, he is seeing his son's actions, his son's responses, his son's thankings. Um, And so because Jesus actually faced the same things, things or similar things that we did, uh, we were able then to receive mm-hmm. his righteousness.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that old phrase, uh, how do you understand justification, or the term justified, mm-hmm. and people say, well, it's just as if I'd never sinned. That's always kind of giving me a little pause for concern. Um, it, it, it can weaken, I think, yeah. the doctrine, especially what you were talking about with representation. Uh, uh, I have sinned. <laughs> you know that's the thing, yeah. and it it makes it even stronger when you realize I have sinned, and Jesus, through His perfection, is able to be my mediator mm-hmm. through His gift of His life. I I think the sinlessness of Jesus. It's an it's it's interesting when you read the, the New Testament as a whole that that does seem to to keep coming up as a a point of importance. Mm-hmm. For many of the biblical writers in the New Testament, you know, I think of, uh, you know, I think it's is Matthew or Luke. I, I I should have looked it up before we started, but you know, who gives that detail that Joseph marries Mary, mm-hmm. but keeps her a virgin until Jesus is born? So Joseph and Mary do not consummate their marriage yeah. until after the birth of Jesus. And the reason for that is just to to get away from any kind of speculation Mm -hmm. that he is the natural born child of a a human man and woman. So that is a detail that's important. And I think sometimes we kind of lose sight of just how important it is that we always keep promoting the virgin birth, the sinless life, Mm -hmm. because really none of this works. You know, without that. Yeah. All right, so uh, getting back to that, I want to talk to you a little bit. i let you kind of unpack a little more the effect mm-hmm. of this. Kind of not talk a little bit more about what you—just explain that a little bit more, what you meant when you talked yeah. about the nature of Jesus and the effect it has.
1: Yeah, and that was something you kind of, with time, I was kind of crunched on. So um, Hebrews is a practical book. Um, So it's not just—so I talked about in the sermon the importance of beholding God, uh, that so often we do come to our Bible studies, to our teaching, and we want application. Application is good, but— um, when we're so focused on what we do, it's easy to neglect the difficult to read passages because we think, "What's the relevance of of this?" Um, but when we behold Jesus, understand who He is, then we really begin to grasp the effect it has on our salvation. So um, that whole those three verses we looked at—it's all about exalting Jesus as the Savior. But I mentioned how not not only is my identity is, is in Christ, but so is my repu- my reputation. And because of my identity and reputation being in Jesus, whatever happens to Jesus is eventually going to happen to me to some degree. Now, we're not going to get to heaven, and we're not sitting at the right hand of the Father. We're not going to be crowned King of Kings or Queen of Queens for ladies, Um but what is going to happen is because my identity's in the Lord, the things that I struggle with today, I eventually am not going to struggle with it. That just as Jesus is separated from sinners, I'm going to be separated mm-hmm. from sinners. So these momentary trials that I'm facing, um, whether it's a physical ailment, a mental ailment, maybe it's a spiritual temptation— Um, eventually I am going to be set free from that. Mm -hmm. And so the effect it has on our confidence now is that I know that um, in the end, God wins, not sin. Mm -hmm. Eventually I am going to be set free. Um, But it also gives me um, just this, this hope that this life isn't all there is, that there is an eternal life, and it is life, that I do experience the perfection that God created me to experience way back in the garden. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's particularly important for the Hebrews Mm -hmm. who are being persecuted for their faith to know that one day they're going to be released from this. Yeah and again looking at a big picture idea the scripture continually just repeatedly gives us this this reminds us of the temporal aspect of mm-hmm. this that in reality what we're what we're doing on this earth is extremely short term yeah. you know our citizenship is not right here it's in heaven mm-hmm. um okay now one more thing i want to ask you in this passage of scripture you know he he talks about in verse 27 you know Jesus is unlike the high priests because he doesn't have to keep making repeated sacrifices. Yeah. So we we look at 1 Peter 3:18, you know, Jesus died once for all. This again seems to be a theme with New Testament writers that Jesus only makes one sacrifice. And this in a context of priesthood is very unique and important mm-hmm. because how he is different than these priests he stacked up all these ways he's different than the priest of the Old Testament. You know, uh, he's greater than Abraham, and all those ways that Melchizedek was greater than Abraham, and the genealogy, and all these kinds of things. But then the actual giving of the sacrifices. So why is that important? Why, why is that theologically important that Jesus only has to give his life one time yeah and you know how does that work just kind of just kind of talk about that
1: yeah and that's one thing i wish i could have gone deeper into so the idea is that i think the author has as he's writing verse 27 is i i think he's talking about the day of atonement That's kind of the thing that he's hinting at Mm -hmm. where once a year the high priest would offer Mm -hmm. um the sacrifice on behalf of all of israel then he'd lay his hand on the other goat and let the goat free um but there's kind of a little bit of confusion because the the author says daily and the Day of Atonement happens mm-hmm. once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Now, the priest would offer small sacrifices throughout the year for individuals or group of people, but never for the whole nation. And so I think what's going on is I think the author—there's two ways to read it. One, um, you can read it as he's just kind of summarizing all the sacrifices together— or daily, just more continually, that that they know that we're coming on the Day of Atonement to offer the sacrifice, but they know next year we're going to have to offer it again. It's the mm-hmm. same thing like kids do for Christmas. Um, they open their presents, and then they say, next year I'm mm-hmm. going to ask for this. And right. It kind of shows discontentment, but they're thinking already in the future of well, what's going to happen next year. Right. But with Jesus, we're not looking for another sacrifice Mm -hmm. um, that his one work is enough and the effect again using that word that it has on us is i don't have to come to the lord in my personal time or corporately i don't have to obey god's commands as if i'm needing to offer another sacrifice Mm -hmm. i do all of that stuff in response to Jesus' sacrifice, that because He is sinless, He is able to not only offer Himself, He's able to offer Himself once. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all that has to say, you know, when I come before the Lord and I serve the Lord and I serve the Church and I share the Gospel, I am always doing that in response mm-hmm. to what Christ has done, not as if what Christ has done is not enough for me.
0: Yeah, First of all, I think you're you're right about what you're talking about, Day of Atonement. You know, when you read this section of Hebrews, one of the questions that you jot down is, is he talking about the high priest or the priesthood? And yes. the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> and he's talking about both of them. And I think you really grab the high priest, because when you go back before this passage you preached, there's so much interaction in here with the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he's, he's talking about Day of Atonement, because that, that's the only, that's the only sacrifice where the Ark of the Covenant was involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I think he's clearly talking about the priesthood, especially when he gets into Melchizedek and the Aaronic priesthood, the whole lineage idea. He's talking about all these guys, and you know there was a lineage of high priests. But when he talks about the sacrifices here, it's just that whole concept and. Mm-hmm. and so that whole construct, Lee, it generates this idea of oh you always got to keep doing, you always got to keep going, you got to keep kicking the can down the road. But Jesus being perfect, what I think we real what we kind of forget is no there actually is a solution. You know, it the whole thing is set up. It's predicated on this template mm-hmm. in the Old Testament of this will never end. And it's set up like that because it's none of it's a solution. Yeah. But Jesus is the solution and 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 people ask me, you know, well why did Jesus only have to die once? Why did why does he not have to come back like every 100 years and do this again? Because he was the solution. Mm-hmm. If if you could find someone that's perfect and would die on behalf of the ones that are not perfect. That's all that's it. Yeah. That's all you ever need. There it is. So um I think that's that's just an important thing to think deeply about in this and that, that anyway. So good stuff man yep. all right we probably should better wrap it up yeah, i'll let so, you wrap it up
1: yeah so y'all thank y'all for joining us this weekend um, hope you had a great memorial day weekend uh we're back at it normal this sunday uh we will have small groups normal times 9 11 and then our services 8 9 45 and 11 love for y'all to join us for that um also don't forget uh parents of Uh, Young Kids, VBS registration is going on right now so make sure you go to the website you get registered for that Um, and I think that's the big stuff Uh, summer events are starting we got Cross summers coming up Middle School, Falls Creek, High School, Falls Creek Vacation Bible School, Mission Trip we're excited so uh, praying the Lord does big things so thanks for joining us and we will see you Sunday